0: I'm Joe Feeks, Editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Steven Spotts. He is a Molecular Virologist for the Southeast Poultry Research Lab of USDA. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now, you described yourself earlier uh, as the, the self, self-proclaimed DNA guy yeah. when it comes to um, ILT and virology. Explain that to as me. As well as, as
1: Merckx's disease virus.
0: So I, I'm classically trained as
1: a molecular biologist, and what I do is a lot of genomics. So if you have a, a virus that you would like to know the DNA structure, um, people call me up and send me samples and I'll determine the whole structure of the um, DNA virus and some RNA viruses as well. But with like IOTV, they're extremely large DNA viruses. So. Um, it takes a lot of work.
0: Well, I want to talk about infectious laryngeal otherwise known as ILT. Mm-hmm. And I was always under the impression that while I knew it was a pretty nasty respiratory viral disease, I always thought that ILT was ILT. But apparently, there, there are some differences between the ILT that's in commercial flocks and what you see in backyard. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Yes. A lot of the commercial flocks, they have what we call um, vaccinal revertence. So when you vaccinate birds with a a CEO vaccine, for example, it's a modified live virus, but it's a herpes virus that can establish a latent infection, go away just like the cold sore phenomena that humans have, and it hides out in ganglia and it can reactivate. And when it reactivates, it can change and become more virulent. In fact, by just simply passing the vaccine strains of IOTV in birds, from one bird to another, you can increase the virulence. So in flocks, we see a lot of vaccinal IOT, and that's kind of surprising because we always think the vaccines are perfect, but these modified lives can change, and doing the DNA sequencing of a bunch of CEO-like viruses, we find that they're extremely related to the vaccine. So if you have an outbreak and you want to know what's causing the outbreak, you give me the virus, I'll sequence it, and it goes, Well, it's really related to CEO, so we think of those as CEO-like revertants. And in backyard flocks, we do find that um, we have authentic wild-type, that they're not related to the CEO. But in the beginning, when we started this genomic project of sequencing all these isolates, the majority of them turned out to be CEO-like revertants. The quest was to find out what wild-type IOTV looks like. And we did find that. But it was after the fact that we found all these CEO-like vaccines. So we are always in search of what does wild-type IoTV look like. And we, we
0: found it. And, and you describe it as a quest. I mean, what, tell me about your research. What exactly were you trying to learn?
1: Well, we were trying to, to once we generated this phylogenetic tree, we are trying to see, you know, if, if we can find out what wild-type IoT looks like, we can use that to modify it and make a better vaccine because the CEO and the TCO vaccines have been around for decades and then they they work fine but if if the vaccine is causing the disease that's problematic right and some um, countries or, or states will not even allow people to vaccinate with the modified live um, CEO and TCO so they're doing this vectored stuff they'll They have HVT, which is turkey herpes virus, expressing antigens of IOTV, and they work fine. And they they don't revert to virulent because they're vectored and they can be used in NOVO. So there's a lot of pressure to not use the modified lives, but to use these vectored ones because they do induce protective immunity, but not... At, to, the, to the best degree that the CEO wants to.
0: Well, and it takes a while for them to kick in,
1: correct? Right. right. But they can do it earlier. They can do it in Novo. So you have that whole convenience, so to speak, that uh, the ind- industry tends to elect everything to be in Novo. So if, if you could just have robots inoculating eggs, that's better than the spray or the eye drop. That's well, and
0: the industry was pretty quick to jump on that because it, it is so efficient and for various reasons, the recombinant vaccines, I mean, they were a home run, um, mm-hmm. high level of safety, long duration of immunity. Um, are there some downsides that, that we need to have a better understanding of?
1: They're not as protective as the modified lives. So a lot of times people will vaccinate with the, the vectored vaccines and novel and then have a boost with the modified live and that seems to be the best combination. What we've learned through the decades of vaccinating that vaccination is a good thing that it, it works
0: and it protects. I mean it's, it's, it's a saving chicken lives. Mm-hmm. And you've done a lot of work trying to match the viruses in the field to the viruses in the vaccine, is that right? What kind of progress either has been made or should be made to Try to build a better vaccine for ILT?
1: Well, a lot of people are thinking about adding other immunogen stimulatory genes. For example, the, the cytokines. They're always saying, can we make a better vaccine by adding IL 18 or IL 6? And I think there's, there's, there's some interest in that and um, building a better vaccine that uh, um, will protect better. And not only with respect to the modified lives, we'd really like a vaccine that cannot establish latent infection or reactivate from latency. So if I had a vaccine that goes into the bird, protects, but does not go latent, it reduces the chance of... Mutations, So when it comes back, when, it, when the birds are stressed and the vaccine reactivates, it can recombine and form a more virulent thing or mutations. But if we would make a vaccine that cannot establish latency or cannot reactivate, that's the gold standard for what, what we're looking at because everybody wants a vaccine that cannot establish latent infections. And so that's, that's, that's probably the best thing that we could do to... Um, Prevent vaccinal reversions from forming.
0: Now, diagnostics are critical in any uh, successful vaccination program. Um, you're working on a new test as well.
1: The new test is is basically a very convenient way of of, of assessing what your flock is experiencing. So, if if you're experiencing, by using this assay, that it shows up that the the cause of your disease in your birds is caused by the CEO revertant, we would suggest that you use a vectored one, you know, to get that out of your population. So the diagnostic asset that, that we're developing, it's simple, it's quick, and it can tell you if your vaccine or your your vaccine went virulent or that you have wild type. And that if you have wild type, you really need to vaccinate. And if you have the vaccinal revertants, you need to switch around your management style of your flocks. Because the majority of the isolates we get are CEO like vaccinal revertants. But, um, you know, the, the test that we have is, is we call it a single locus assay. And that's just looking at one piece of DNA that can differentiate all these strains phylogenetically. Previously, labs across the world had various multi-locus assays in which they're looking at five to six different genes. And it was really cumbersome because they're amplifying hundreds of base pairs, sequencing these hundreds of base pairs from five different loci throughout the whole genome. And that's expensive. So our, our idea is to have a quick diagnostic assay that is inexpensive and can give you a, a turnaround for an answer in a couple of days. And with the new sequencing technologies, it's going to get cheaper. I mean, we're looking at new technology called the mini ion. It's this nanopore sequencing technology where a piece of DNA is threaded through a nanopore, and it reads the sequence based on uh, electris- electrical resistance. It's,
0: it's phenomenal. I'm glad you understand all this. Well, I know, stuff. and I look
1: at it and you can tell that, yes, if it's, a, if it's a base pair of G, it has this resistance. If it's an A, it has this resistance. And not only, the device is portable, so you can take it to the farm. We love that technology. I can see why you would. It would. It's, it's Get it out of the bench and you just got this little thing that plugs into your computer and you can sequence DNA.
0: Excellent. So we've talked about vaccination, we've talked about diagnostics, but a lot of it really comes down to biosecurity when you're talking about ILT. What have you learned in in your research about biosecurity? Where are we, where are we falling short? What do we have to do better?
1: Well, i I think that I think reporting would be um, one of the things because if you have an IOTV reporting, reporting yep. that you have to tell people about it. And then there's these things that you don't want to farm downwind from where you have it. And so I think you have to be very honest in your, your reporting for biosecurity.
0: What's the next frontier? What else can we be doing to um, get a better handle on ILT? Um,
1: <laughs> make chickens that are genetically resistant to ILTV. It seems like um, there's not a tendency in the United States to, to like the idea of transgenic birds. People don't like the idea of Frankenstein food, but this is just the United States. If we could make a bird that is resistant to IoTV, the world could benefit. You know, sometimes we just think about what what's going on in the United States, but there's a lot of people who would like chicken protein as a source, and so we're looking at Africa, Asia. As the world population gets bigger, we're going to have to make transgenic birds that are resistant and. There's this new technology called CRISPR technology, and people are engineering birds to be resistant to viral diseases, and it's,
0: it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to be a DNA guy.
1: It is a good time to be a good a DNA guy, and the future looks bright, you know, with the population growth expanding, and we have to do a lot to feed all these people, and uh, chicken is a great source of protein, so um,
0: I think it's a good time to be in science. We've been talking to Steven Spotts. He is a molecular virologist at the Southeast Poultry Research Lab for USDA. Thanks again for joining us today.
1: Thanks for inviting me. You bet.